Welcome back to G'day Gridiron. It's August. We are another month closer to meaningful NFL football. And also because it's August, it means that it is Divisional Preview Month. So right across the Aussie Gridiron Network, we will be doing divisional previews in all sorts of ways. Us here at G'day Gridiron, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of analysis stuff. Boys at Aussie NFL Fantasy are going to be looking at divisional previews in the way of fantasy. Man just going to be posting a whole bunch of different cool stuff that he's got lined up on Pastry Press all across the month. And of course, this week being the first week of August is East Week. What does that mean? AFC, NFC, divisional previews for both of the Easts. Righto, Manjot and Brad are back with us as always. How are we today, Brad? Yeah, doing good. I love these both these divisions. Um, the I love the NFC East because it's just historically I'm a Cowboys fan, so I've always followed them closer than any other division. And then the AFC East has just turned into an exciting uh, juggernaut. So they are a fun division to watch. And of course, they just got even more prime time with uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, coming to the Jets. So I'm I'm pumped up and, and excited to do this, man, John. How are you feeling about it all? Oh, I'm excited. Look, the NFC East gave us three playoff teams last year. The Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants last year in the AFC East. The Bills and the Dolphins made the playoffs. The Patriots and the Jets were both agonizingly close to making it to January. So I think we can name this Beast Week, honestly, because these two teams... Beast Week, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, these two divisions are stacked, shall I say. Definitely absolutely Beast if we were able to get four teams from a division into the finals, you would have to say it would be this, this AFC East mainly would be the yeah. one where you would get four if it was at all possible, which it really isn't. But well, yeah, with, although the NFC as a whole is so weak that you could say that the NFC East. Has a has a better shot just because of the that whole conference is weak. But anyway, yeah. we digress. No, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if these four teams really outplay in terms of stats the majority of the NFC. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Right. So, what are we what are we doing when we're talking divisional previews here? We're going to run through each of the teams. We're going to have about five minutes ish between each team, uh, which will hopefully hopefully get us done in under an hour for this podcast which will be a bang on perfect for what we, we want at this time of year uh we're going to have a quick look at uh a bit of last year a bit of recap of what's happened to the team in the off season their schedule some key matchups and then we're going to have a bit of a, a a guess on the under over win totals uh using the the current totals off espn i had decided a few months ago that we're going to enter those totals into the ESPN pigskin pick'em competition. So if you are a bit of a fan and you want to follow along there too, absolutely can. I would recommend that. It's a bit of fun. It's free to do. I think ESPN even have some prizes too for the free comp. Mm. But it is just a bit of fun. If there's enough interest, just throw it at us. If there's enough interest, we may even uh, have a bit of a league. We could have a tipping comp as well. Let us know if you want to do that sort of thing. We are more than up for it. I know that we are going to have here at AGN our own tipping comp. We we talked a little bit about that. There is going to be a bit of a G'day Gridiron versus 
uh, Aussie NFL fantasy vibe. We're going to see who wins that competition with some pretty hefty punishments if we do lose. So there's there's no, there's no question there's no question Ian who's going to win. We're going to win. Absolutely, we are. yeah, we are because we are we are we are the we are the uh, we are the analysis. We, we're the yeah, NFL. We're the NFL analysts. Yeah, we're the NFL analysts. Thank you, man, Jock. I really got that yeah. word wrong. That's um, we'll, I get we'll it wrong. It, <laughs> it's we'll throw, it's down, throw down the gauntlet now. You know, if if we lose, I'll shave somebody's name into my belly. I mean, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Maddie is gonna, Maddie is gonna love that. So obviously, when we say versus, it's 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 the three of us here, uh, Ian, Manjot, Brad versus Maddie. Taylor and Mark from No Huddle Dynasty. So three on three, mm-hmm. see how we go. Uh, Brad, that's big. Shave it into your belly. You know, I, I've, got enough, I've got enough of a carpet that I could probably do that as well, to be honest. I, I don't know if I actually do have enough of it. I don't, probably don't have enough of a carpet, but I'll do it anyway. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Look, uh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, before... Before we get on to these previews, just because we mentioned this, obviously I'm a part of both podcasts, but I, I did choose Good Eight Gridiron as my as my team this year because I, I think you know Ian and Brad. Because 100%, you know Brad and I are superior. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Because, you Ian know. and Brad have more ball knowledge, I reckon, than Maddie, yeah. Maddie and Taylor more <laughs> fantasy wise. But you guys have more ball knowledge, I think. I you think know, in terms Manager, I, yeah. hear, I, I hear you every week on their fantasy podcast, by the way, and you do an absolutely stellar job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> absolutely stellar job. If, if you haven't caught, if you've only listened to this podcast, which would be very weird, to be honest, if you've only ever listened to this podcast of ours and not Aussie NFL Fantasy, make sure you check that out. Also, if you are listening to Aussie NFL Fantasy, make sure you go and interact with stuff on their posts, on, on their Instagram they are making some quality social media content right now. Yeah. Yeah. So love it. All right. Uh, let's get down to some business. We're going to dive into the AFC East to start with. And we're going to start off. I'm going to start off with Buffalo Bills. Uh, I've got a few to preview this week because there's three of us and four teams in each division. So I've drawn a short store for this week. And thankfully, it won't be for the following weeks. Uh, bit of, I've got a little bit of. Uh, info about both at the moment obviously so this as everyone would know in terms of divisional games you play each of the your divisional opponents twice and then you're matched up against other divisions throughout the year to make up your 17 game season in the nfl so afc east matches up against afc west and the nfc east this season with the 17th game coming against an nfc south team so these two divisions play each other this year uh, anyway, in, in a game each, and reading through the, I I hadn't ever really read why the structure, uh, in terms of how they pick these games, they essentially use the previous year's standings. So first place versus first place, second second, third third, fourth fourth, in each of those divisions when they're choosing the matchups for the the single games, uh, or even the double games. I think too the the two games per. Uh, season so man just nodding his head at me so i know that's correct now i've never known that so that's a that's an interesting bit of knowledge uh, hark back to that uh conversation we were having about the schedule release actually so yeah yeah so nfc east matches up against nfc west afc east as i said with their 17th game coming against an afc west team so 
that was a fun little educational bit. Anyway, bit of tidbit of knowledge before we dive in. Right, uh, Buffalo Bills is going to be the first cab off the rink for our divisional previews. So essentially, for the Bills, it's now or never for the Bills in 2023. Super Bowl or bust, do or die. Seems like the Bills have sort of been slipping since their 2020 AFC title loss to the Chiefs, subsequently losing the next two divisional title games to the Chiefs in 21 and then the Bengals in 22. Uh, despite winning three consecutive AFC East titles, it would seem that the Bills need to sort of break a little bit of finals hoodoo that they've got and finally get to the big dance. So Manjot, with an unusually strong AFC East looming this season, of course, with the addition of Aaron Rodgers into the AFC East, are there some kind of totems the Bills might need to burn in order to break this curse? What do they need to do to finally get to that big dance steering Oh, They've always been some sort of cursed franchise. They're the only franchise that's lost four Super Bowls in a row, one of the only couple that have 0-4 in a Super Bowl. So there's a lot of streaks going on there against the Bills. But when I'm thinking about their recent playoff failures, mm-hmm. yeah, last year was definitely the biggest one of them. I think, you know, the two years before, Patrick Mahomes was just absolutely all over them. And especially 21 against the Chiefs when they lost with 13 seconds left in the game Mahomes go on that drive. Nothing you could really do except play better defense. So I think a lot of pressure has been placed firmly on Josh Allen's shoulders. I think kind of unfairly, I would say, because the defense has squandered quite a few opportunities. I think last year, a bit more fairly was on Josh Allen, not really scoring many points with that offense. So this year, they've really, it's a really interesting situation i would say with buffalo they're really a team in a state of flux i would say with Allen, he's still there he's really got performed this is really as you said ian a now never season for them a lot of contenders coming up in the afc east and also in the afc overall there's a lot of contenders so even if they lose the division they might not even make it to the wild card that's the big thing i would say is that Mm -hmm. they've got to win this division to make sure that they get in yeah, I, I'm I'm scared about their defense, uh, just mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, I mean, they allowed, like Manja uh, alluded to, they allowed Miami last year in that in that wildcard playoff yeah. game yeah. with a third, you know, a, a third string QB to a, a rookie, no less, to, to hang around because they could not get any pressure on that quarterback. Um, so I'm I'm really curious to see if if they're going to be able to to improve that defense but on paper i don't think they had they they let go their of uh, Tremaine Edmonds their their stud linebacker who was only 25 years old and they replace him with the 32 year old journeyman AJ Klein so i just i really worry about that defense and i know Josh Allen gets a lot of flack for you know trying to do too much but but he has to uh he has mm-hmm. to do all that it just just to keep them viable. So yeah, they, they you're right, Brad. They haven't made a lot of positive moves on defense, to be honest. Mm. I was going mm. through a lot of the transactions uh today and I, I noticed that there really aren't a lot. The only real positive ones was re-signing safety Jordan Poyer and uh defensive tackle Jordan Phillips. And that was really about the only hugely positive 
defensive signings or re-signings or transactions in a way. There's just not a yeah. lot. It's, there's a lot of one. Yeah. Year, there's a lot of one-year contracts for guys that are just depth, like your your third and fourth string guys. Mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. not there's not a lot of starters. There's not a lot of difference at, 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 up top where it needs to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and a large part of that too, just to say, is salary cap issues. Right now, Josh Allen's going to the first year of his big mega deal he signed last off season. So he just came off his rookie contract at the end of last season. So this year is going into that massive extension that he signed. So a lot of the defensive stars, like we mentioned, Tremaine Edmonds, big example there. They didn't have the money to retain him because you know you got to pay the QB, you got to pay Josh Allen. Because he's your whole franchise. And that's one of the big things they talk about rookie contracts is capitalizing on them and really using them to like develop your team further and build around the quarterback while he's on a rookie contract before he gets that big money deal. And I think the Bills are a big example of that. And that's why a lot of people are saying they're declining is because Josh Allen's extension has just kicked in. Like That's the big issue for them retaining stars mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. It's had a bit of a quick squeeze down their schedule and some key matchups. Of course, the probably one of the biggest key matchups for them is their week one uh, game against New York Jets in, uh, sorry, at MetLife Stadium in New York. Uh, and it's on Monday, September 11th. So such a a huge day in the American calendar uh, and... It's you know first week of football. It's against a renewed Jets where everybody seems to be signing for them. And, of course, they got the signing of Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. I really feel like the Bills need to start strong with that game. They need to come out and set a, an absolute statement in that game. And I guess show us that, number one, their offense can still function like it did at the end of last season. But number two, as Brad was uh, getting to that the defensive has learned something and and uh, does better. So then after that, you know, they've got the Raiders, Commanders, Dolphins. So, but interestingly enough, they don't have their bye week until early December. So December 3rd is their bye week. Okay. So, so a lot, okay. later, lot later in the season. And another two key matchups that I sort of wanted to highlight in the schedule was actually either side of that bye week. So they play the Eagles on November 26th before the bye week, and then out of the bye, they play the Chiefs. So that is two massive, massive games for them either side of the bye. And I think how they how they function against the Eagles and, and come out or is going to be how they come out and play against the Chiefs. And I think that's going to be a, a critical juncture in their their season uh, being any kind of success. Yeah, can I add to that as well? Absolutely. Around their bye week. Yeah, around their bye week, they've got the Jets, the Eagles, the bye, and then the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Dolphins yeah, to, round to it finish out. off yeah. the season. Yeah, that, so that's a big stretch of, um, I would say, big stretch of games that they've got to get. Those last seven games are all going to be pretty tough. Going to be good football watching, but they're going to be real tough for the Bills to win a lot of them. I would say that they don't really get too much of a, a break. They don't get too many easy, easier games during the season. Uh, traditionally, you probably would have said uh, maybe the Raiders or the Commanders, uh, which are the next like week two or week three. But 
I mean, reality is, do you really want, do you need, need easy games in week two and week three? I don't think you do. And commanders are tough because their their defense is is massive still. You can't call the Jags. You would have used to be able to call the Jags an easy week, but you can't say that anymore. No. With Trevor Lawrence yeah. And the Jags. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's in London. It's a London game. Uh, and yeah. That may even be, I'm not 100% sure, but it might it's be the, the Jags. Yeah, Jags second game in yeah, London. Yeah, so it's a Jags yeah. second game. So the Jags are going to be have been over there for the best part of two weeks at that point, and they will be well until they acclimatise, and the Bills will be coming in hot, trying to take mm. on a, a really young, uh, just sort of up and coming Jags team. So you can't even say that they have easy games through the stretch. So this is a, I think that's one of the big reasons why I want to highlight that this is really a uh, do or die season for the Bills and this this group of guys. Mm. All right, so over unders, boys. Their over under is currently set at ten and a half games. Any thoughts? Ten and a half wins. Ooh. I I struggle with it personally. I I think I'm going the under uh, on this just uh, just because I think that that schedule is tough. And they're in such a tough division. I think everybody's just going to be fighting tooth and nail, and it's just going to be a battle. Um, so I'm, and I think they haven't gotten better on defense. Um, hmm. So I'm taking the under. And just for reference, they it was thirteen and three last season, uh, and they won the previous season at eleven and five. I think maybe twelve and four. So okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, for me personally, I think under 10 and a half too. I think this division's too tough. I think uh I think re- I'm, I'm gonna go under, but I think if they do come out of this division positively, it'll be on eleven wins. So it'll be just over. Mm. So, mm. Yeah. Man, what you, what's your thoughts? Ten and a half. Uh ten and a half is like the right margin, I would say, because I could see them win either ten or eleven games. Oh, we're going to pick a side, man, John. Nice. nice yeah. yeah, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, old splitters. Perfect. Old splitters over here, Brad. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, there's a perfect There's a perfect sort of margin for the Bills there. Yeah. Personally, I'm actually going to think they're going to hit the over. And that's that could be controversial. But I think they still got Josh Allen there. They still got Stefan Diggs. I think James Cook or Damian Harris can really take that running game to the next level as well. Uh, you know, they got Dalton Kincaid and in the draft at tight end. And then the defense, I know it's a bit of a struggle there. And I think that's where the decline is coming. I know they won 13 games last year. I'm saying they're winning two less this year. It's going to be tighter. So, you know, 11 wins may not be enough for them to win the division. Who knows? We'll see with our next previews. Yeah. Well, Brad, do you want to do you want to move us on with the Patriots? Yeah. So, um, you know, you talk about do or die. Uh, this is the year for the Bills. I think this is do or die uh, for Mac Jones uh, in the New England Patriots. So um, we'll see how, how it all plays out. But I think the advantage that Mac has is that uh, he's connecting with his old offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. Uh, from when he was at Alabama, which is is not common uh, in the pros to be able to connect with your old OC from college. But, you know, are we going to get Mac Jones, the rookie version, uh, or are we going to get last year's Mac Jones? So uh, we saw 
uh, last year, you know, Belichick tried to go with this no offensive coordinator and that, that, yeah, that worked a treat. Let me tell you. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) that was sarcasm for the listeners uh, in case you even weren't figured that out. But um, I I really think that it's going to be a really interesting year and just to see what's going to happen with Mac Jones and who you're going to get, you know, I, I don't know, uh, but what I do know is that their defense is uh, is overlooked. I mean, we we regard Bill Belichick as a master of defense, but I really think even with that, giving him that credit, this defense, I felt like, was incredibly overlooked. They were second in takeaways last year behind the Cowboys. Thank you very much. They were fourth in sacks. They led the league in defensive scores. They were second in yards game uh, yards per game allowed in the against the rush. So, and they've got two studs, uh, you know, Judon and Ush. I don't, how do you pronounce his last name, Manja? Do you, you would maybe know? Is it is it uh, Josh? Josh Uche? Uche? Uche. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I think that's how yeah. it is. I mean. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. He's so underrated. Uh, it's, it's so, you know, I feel like that they have potential to have one of the best defenses in the, in the, in the league. And that's the way they're going to do it. You know, did you know, interesting fact that in one of uh, their Super Bowls with Tom Brady, in the entire playoffs, their uh, offense only scored three touchdowns. I think it was Brady's first uh, Super Bowl. But their their entire offense in that whole run and that season, the postseason, only scored three offensive touchdowns, and they still won the Super Bowl. So Belichick knows how to do that with defense. He knows how to, to win a Super Bowl. And if they're going to have any type of success at all, it's going to be because, because of their defense. So it'll be real interesting to me. I think the biggest uh, uh, storyline, though, and I don't know, is, is Belichick. He seems to be on the hot seat a little bit mm. with with Robert Kraft. Um, yeah, there has there has been that talk, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is cr- crazy considering how, how you know, he, he is d- considered one of the you don't know You don't know whether that talk is just coming from the, the NFL media, though, the yeah. media verse, yeah. in a way, or if it is yeah. actually coming out of the Patriots. Because there is yeah. very conflicting reports. And I can imagine at this point, um, Robert Kraft is, it would adore Bill Belichick because they've been together for so long. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you know, because the expectations, that's one thing. Kraft has not let left let the expectations die down at all. Uh, you know, he was asked directly, what's his expe- expectations for this team going into the season? And he said a seventh ring. So it's, you know, which I think it's I think it's kind of unrealistic. But you, but Bill Check is Bill Check. So you, you can never count him fully out. Um mm. You know, what's interesting, though, is I do put a lot of stock into the over-unders that Vegas puts out personally, because I I feel like, you know, that's their job. And so they analyze this stuff pretty well. And and, uh, their over-under was what, seven and a half? Seven and a half. So, yeah. I think think that's criminally low. To be honest, I, I, I yeah, I, I do too because I think they have a terrible, think, they have a terrible season and they get nine wins. 
That's, yeah. I don't understand mm-hmm. seven and a half. I understand, like fully understand this division is hard, but they yes. are also playing the, the NFC East, which there's, there's it's that's not going to be as hard for them as the AFC East. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Just um, want to make a point. Just want to ask yeah, a question, yeah. Brad. Uh, when you talk about Robert Kraft and his expectations for the team, well, mm. my question is, what do you expect him to say apart from <laughs> the Super Bowl? Isn't that <laughs> the expectation for every single NFL team? Like every single owner, every single player, every single coach is just going to say, uh, hey, I'm going. I'm expecting myself to win the Super Bowl every single year. <laughs> Like that's yeah, the sort of expectation yeah. that they have. So yeah. you know, I feel that's like true. in itself, like you know, yes, I, you would, I get you what would you're be, trying to say. You'd be worried. You'd be worried if if he didn't say that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So yeah, no. so here's here's my question, and this can go to either yeah, just, one of you. I would just, I just love it. Just would you love it? They've someone asking Robert Kraft that. What's your expectation for this season? Ah, we're gonna suck. <laughs> that's it yeah. we'll be lucky we'll be lucky if we get if we get five wins yeah, um, yeah. well you know so so here here's my question and I'll, I'll pitch it to you first ian um do you think bill belichick if if they if they have a losing record let's say they they don't win seven games let's say you know they only win six or seven games um is is belichick on the hot seat i would I, a losing season? I still don't think so. Okay. Uh, a a completely garbage, like bottom of the barrel, like as in first overall pick season without deliberately tanking. I think then then he is a hundred percent on the hot seat. But the likelihood of that is is less than one percent, really, for for mm-hmm. this team. So. No, I don't think so. I don't think so even with a losing season because I think that they look at the fact that they the rest of the AFC East is so strong. You've got to get past that to start with. You've got to play the AFC West. Good Lord, you're playing you know, the Chiefs. How are you getting past that a couple of games this season? You know, yeah. And then you're playing, as we said, the NFC East. There are still some strong teams in amongst that in terms of the Eagles, the Cowboys. You've got to try and get past the Washington defense. So... I, I think that they they look you look subjectively at who you're playing this season. Even if they have a losing season, I don't think so. I think realistic expectations for them is wild card round on the fringe, maybe the fringe wild card round. So really pushing mm-hmm. for it at the end. So I'm thinking somewhere around that sort of 500 mark, somewhere around nine and eight, eight and nine. So to me, no, he's not in that hot seat, and I would be definitely going overs on that seven and a half. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's it's it, if I as I look at their schedule, I just they have a tough first four four weeks of the schedule because mm-hmm. they they're they're opening against Philly, then they've got uh, Miami, and then it's at New York and at Dallas. Mm. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility that they start zero and four. Um, you know, I I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll 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 win one maybe two games there but it's it's conceivable that they could start zero and four which i i think that would be really interesting to to hear the chatter uh then if if that happens but uh, me personally um i think nobody we... asked you man jot no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah no just just for me to chime in on this bill belichick talk 
Please. Honestly, I don't think I can ever conceivably see Robert Kraft fire Bill Belichick no. after this yeah. season. I, I, mm-hmm. Even often, even if he has two bad seasons in a row, I actually think Robert Kraft would let Bill Belichick retire on his own terms. And I think that that is a place of respect that Robert Kraft mm-hmm. has for Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick delivered his franchise six Super Bowl titles. I think he deserves to retire or leave on his own terms. I think Robert Kraft knows that. He's going to respect those wishes. And I hope he does. If he doesn't, then I'll be very surprised because Bill Belichick, what he's done for that organization is a lot more than what many coaches have done for other organizations. And I Hmm. think Robert Kraft will be keeping Bill Belichick around at least long enough to get that NFL wins record off Don Shula. I think that's as long as Bill Belichick will coach, uh, at least that is, if not longer. So... For me personally, I can't see Bill Belichick ever get fired. Well, yeah, I, I think you. Yeah, I say I, you're you're right in the sense of I think a big factor in that is that Kraft wants to see Belichick get the record as a Patriot, um, yeah. and it, and but he's thirty wins away, and if they if they have a crappy team. If they only, I mean, and we're of course we're saying saying a lot of ifs here. I mean, it, you know, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas. But it, it's just, <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, but if they only win four or five games, then there's it's not necessarily a shoe in that he would get that record as as a patriot. I know I'm playing devil's advocate here, but um, it, it's an interesting exercise. I, I, what I actually think, in my personal opinion, I think is that uh, for, I guess, the last probably few seasons at least, that mm. Belichick has been searching for someone that would take that he would feel is capable of taking over as head coach for him. So that mm. being the GM and the head coach, and I, I think he would recognise that he is getting older, that the league is getting younger, that it's getting way more offense based. That there's all these yeah. this new technology coming into the league, all that sort of stuff, and that that Bill's not the the youngest guy or the most up with technology. That he is searching for uh, a successor to the head coach of the New England Patriots, someone that would do the job as he would in his image, but just in mm. a a modern way. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was. That that Josh McDaniels leaving it was something that was very upsetting to him. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, I would, that I think he may have even thought because McDaniels was there for so long that he probably yeah. thought yeah. McDaniels would be the one to take that over. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he's searching for in terms of what Manjot was saying. Would Robert Kraft ever get rid of him? I think he'd still remain as the GM because I think as a GM he is brilliant. Yeah. Team building wise, brilliant. It is just finding the coaches that can then extract all that skill from those guys. So uh, going back to the schedule, Brad, I, I think what you're saying is right. They could be 0-4. They could be 1-4. and 4. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if they, even with Aaron Rodgers, they still had the Jets number. I wouldn't be surprised at yeah, all the way, that, way that history goes <laughs> with that, um, even though they are met life in that first run around. And yeah, they always is... have the Jets number. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the yeah. one game I could see them win. So. Yeah, yeah. But 
but yes, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do come out at 0-4. They don't get a win until they hit the Saints. Um, so, but yeah, their their schedule is equally tough. This whole AFC uh, East schedule is tough, and theirs is no different at all. So they have some very tough games. A very equally run hard run home as they did as with the Bills, as Manjot highlighted, because they have the late in, from middle of December they have the Chiefs the and then the Broncos, who knows what they're going to be, and then the Bills and the Jets to to finish it up. So mm. uh, the only saving grace that is if they need one win to get into a wild card round for playoffs is that they have the Jets in Foxborough on the uh, in week eighteen. So that could be that could be their tipping yeah. point. So all right, seven and a half over under. I already said I think it's going to be overs. Uh Brad, do you want to give me a shot? Yeah, I think with O'Brien and coming there and getting reunited with Mac Jones, I think that I'll take him on the over. Right out, Major. Yeah, I think they're only just gonna hit the over. Like they're gonna get eight or nine yeah. wins. So just hit the over. So we're all going over on that one. Excellent. Right, yeah, uh, right. Let's let's move on, Major. Let's just how about you uh, break down the aforementioned Jets for us, the the Aaron Rodgers led New York Jets. Yeah, huge off season for the Jets. They got the biggest trade of the off season by far. Aaron Rodgers making the move from Green Bay to New York. New sighting, same color. The green is still on there for him. So he's going out there. He's replacing Zach Wilson, who was really the downfall of the Jets last season. They had a really good team around Zach Wilson. The defense was real strong. They had stars on offense, such as Brees Hall before he got injured. Garrett Wilson, offensive rookie of the year. Yet Alan Lazard, who's just joined the team, of course. You know, they've got Tyler Conklin, a tight end who's decent. O-line is pretty good, I would say. Whereas where you look at the defense... Obviously headlined by Source Gardner, Defensive Rookie of the Year, potential Defensive Player of the Year candidate this year. There's other guys such as Quinn and Williams, who's a great defensive tackle. The D-line itself, having some rotation guys through, like John Franklin Myers and Carl Lawson. Middle linebacker, of course, helmed by C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams as well at linebacker. Couple studs there. And then they went out and signed Adrian Amos to play safety. Jordan Whitehead comes in as well. DJ Reed starts at the other corner spot across Source Gardner. I think they have a decent team this year, the Jets. And that's something very weird to say about them. I know we were a bit low on them a few weeks ago, but just looking across their roster, there's a lot of interesting points there to make that this Jets roster actually has a lot of decent players. Aaron Rodgers makes it even better, I would say. Now, their schedule, looking across it, as as we just said, like they've got the AFC West, NFC East. That's going to be tough. So there's going to be some tough games out there. I, I don't think there's any easy games across the board for any of the guys in this, in this division, I would say. So the Jets are in the same boat. They've, they've just got to play the hardest every single game. There's no easy games. And some of the matchups I've circled, of course, as Ian said, the first first game of the season, September 11th against the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. I think another good test is October the 1st against 
the Kansas City Chiefs. Hopefully, we finally get that Rodgers versus Mahomes matchup that, I mean, I've been waiting for. My whole time watching Patrick Mahomes, it's never happened. But now, hopefully, it does. So, we've got that matchup potentially circled. I think another interesting one, November the 6th against the Chargers. I think both teams are similarly placed in the wildcard race, I would say, Mm. in terms of where they are in the AFC. So I'd go with those two teams being around there. I think there's some games down the stretch that could conceivably win and go on a run. I would say starting in December, they've got the Falcons and the Texans, the Dolphins, the Commanders, Browns and Patriots. That's their final six games. So I think they could win at least four of those. And I think they could go on a run towards the end of the season. So expectations are higher for the Justice season. How do you guys see them going? I, you know, I, 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 I want the Jets just because they've been perennially so bad. I want them to do well, but I think there's deeper issues with that offense. They're they're counting on uh, some old offensive line. Uh, to stay healthy, uh, I think you know one of their tackles is 37 years old, Dwayne Brown, and I, I and then, then the other tackle, um, Beckton, he's he hasn't been that great. So I think the fact that Aaron Rodgers is depending on two weak tackles, in my opinion, uh, is a real red flag for me. And let's let's not forget uh, who installed that Denver offense. Uh, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> Nathaniel Nathaniel Hackett. Are we going to throw him under the bus uh, for what happened in Denver? Keep my coach's name oh. out of your mouth. Yeah, that's right. Oh. <laughs> he got to slap. He's got to slap Sean Payton now. Like like Will yeah. Smith slap, slap Chris Rock. Are oh, we getting into this territory now? This, the slap oh, two point oh. That's yeah, right. slap yeah. gate coming up. Slap oh, gate. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. mate, uh, look, they've made some interesting signings. I don't hate some of the ex- contract extensions they've made. Uh, in a couple of the younger guys' signings, there there was um, coming to terms with uh, defensive tackle Quinn and Williams on a four-year contract extension. I think that was a really positive move uh, for the for the team, especially for the defense. But mm-hmm. I still can't get on board. I know it's kind of like a journey town these at, at the moment all these players want to come and come to the jets like they think it's going to be the the all the ring chasers basically and i don't i'm not saying that these guys these next couple of the guys are but i just can't get on on board with signing al nazard to a four-year contract yeah and, and then signing randall cobb i just yeah it just doesn't make any sense to me um they they have they had younger guys, likely better guys, already within the depth chart. So I just don't mm-hmm. understand those two moves. They're also mm-hmm. Lazard and Cobb take up two wide receiver spots. Yeah, as I said, there's just younger guys around. They've already got mm. Garrett Wilson, Nicole Hardman's there. He he's been coming along fine the last couple of seasons. Um, Corey Davis. I just I think there were better options out there. Than sign those two guys. I get that Alan Lazard is still a bit of a beast. He's still like a huge workhorse. Randall Cobb won and was the real head scratcher for me. Uh, yeah. Like I liked it. It's like some of their other moves. Tyler Conklin is still there. Tight end Tyler Conklin. I was always a big fan when he was in Minnesota. Uh, Azuma, uh, Azama is behind him as well. 
in the tight end ranks. I really like that. Uh, Brees Hall, obviously there's a huge question mark whether he'll be there for the first couple of weeks. Manjo, what do you reckon? Uh, Dalvin Cook to the Jets? Sort of looking like that this week, wasn't it? Oh, it is. It is. There is a lot of rumors floating around about Dalvin Cook going to the Jets. And I oh, think... did you see it? Sorry, what, just in my mind. Did you hear all the Jets fans trying to start a Dalvin Cook chant when he was at oh, he yeah. to train the other day? Yeah. How bad was that? I mean, they get the <laughs> Dalvin Cook. What? What is that? Has nobody <laughs> got rhythm? Jesus. Anyway. It's been so long since Jets fans have been able to cheer for or chant a player's name that they've forgotten how to carry cadence. <laughs> yeah. Look, um, look, all their chants are like J-E-T-E-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Like that's all they can do, really. Yeah. But going back to the Dalvin Cook sort of story, I think with what Dalvin Cook, what they're saying is that they're not going to let him leave the building without a deal. Now it's what the first of August when we're recording. There's still no deal being announced or anything. But he's he's so, sitting in on meetings, man. He's not even just there yeah. to say hello. They let him sit in on actual meetings. Like, oh, I'm just here. I'm just wow. going to have a look at your plays. What? That doesn't. Who does that wow. outside of a QB? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then, like, just looking at Aaron Rodgers as well, he took a pay cut the other day. So and they that's, can add a yeah. lot more stars. Yeah. That, that so, way, it's, I heard in the same day, I heard Dalvin Cook's making a visit to the, to the Jets. And then Aaron Rodgers restructured his contract and they're only paying him, what what was it, one mil this year or something? Yeah, something crazy. So he's really going in for that Super Bowl ring, Aaron Rodgers. I think he knows that. Ooh. And I think... With what you guys have said about the Jets, yeah, they do need a couple more stars, I would say, on that offense, especially wide receiver. But if they can lean on a good running game between Cook and Brees Hall, and even you add Michael Carter, who can be decent, Zonovan Knight, aka Bam Knight, he, he can be decent. So I think there's some decent playmakers out there for the Jets that they can really go, hey, we can we can build something where it's not just like one playmaker here or there. And even rumors, I know you guys have heard this one too, the Devontae Adams rumors as well. Oh. So if they potentially... If I, can't get, I can't get on it. I don't know how the Raiders would let him go. It would have to... They'd have oh, to be yeah. basically taking over the Jets franchise to let him go, I would think. It would be... <laughs> yeah. It'd be They'd have to it. trade futures. They'd have to trade futures that they don't have. So... It'd be yeah. tough. It'd be uh, tough. They already and, traded futures to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And I'd be if I was the Raiders and the, and they were coming asking, I would be putting like high ones on it, like trading future ones, several of them, because the the Jets yeah. the Jets uh, twenty twenty four one is likely to not be a high pick anyway. It's going to be a, a much lower, like a later pick. So I'd be asking for well into twenty twenty five as well. But it'd be like huge. Yeah. yeah. Uh over under for the J E T S Jets is set at nine and a half, which I, I just think it's so low. I think it's it's bang on a mark like the Bills is, but I still think it's that a game or two low. You just look at yeah. their you look at their schedule, and I can't see them not getting nine wins. Yeah. So so you're mm. you're taking the over. I would take the over, and that's just me. Wow. Yeah, I don't okay. know. If, I don't know if I'm alone on that island, but 
uh, I'm definitely on an island. Well, we'll we'll have to let uh, Manjot be the tiebreaker because I'm I'm taking mm. the under on it. I like so, it. So I do. Uh, love, I, just, I love I love a bit of healthy competition. Yeah, no, no, that's yeah. good. I, I just I just think that there's again that division is too stacked. They're going to beat up on each other. I don't trust their line uh, to stay healthy, and I, I could just see Aaron Rodgers throwing a temper tantrum, you know, three quarters of the way through the season. So, um, yeah, Manjot's up to you. Break the tie. Look, when I'm looking at the Jets right now, it's that start of the season before their bye. That's really a bit of a concern for me. They got the Bills and the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Broncos, and then the Eagles before heading into the bye. Who knows where they could be at that stage? Mm. And that's mm. that's where I think the nine and a half can be in play. And then coming out of the bye, they've got a few more easier matchups, I would say, especially I talked about that run home they had earlier in the show. So there's a bit of a chance that they can, hey, you know, we can get something going at the end of the season. But I think if they have some sort of bad start, like if you're looking at this, I mean, that first Bills game is going to really have to set the tone. They've got to win that to say, hey, we're going to contend in this, in this league. And then, you know, you've got the tough games, as I said, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs coming up. And then Broncos going to be a pivotal game. And then the Eagles, another tough game. Honestly, like, there's a chance that the, the Jets could be any sort of outcome between, I mean, you could say 6-0 and and even 0-6. Like, they could be anywhere in between those. And that, like I, I know. No, I know. No, no, no. It's it is it is kind of a one or the other scenario with that. I don't know why. It is. It does. It's... It does make me laugh. But I just. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I just saw Ian laughing. I'm like, yeah, obviously any team could be in between 6 and 0 and 0 and 6. But look, <laughs> no, this is yes. easy Mathematically, game. it is possible, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But look. Over under. Yeah, Major. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go Brad. I'm going to go under. Under I, I, just, I think, you know, the Jets, they're good team, but... I think they're still developing in a few areas and that's going to take time to develop. And I think they're going to have a little bit of a slow start, but not too much. But yeah, under just, I would say nine wins. All right. Too easy. I'll move on. Let's move on to the last team in that, the last team, the fourth team in that division, the Miami Dolphins. So the Dolphins have made some pretty big moves since going nine and eight in 22 and suffering that narrow loss to the Bills in the wildcard round. The biggest off-season storyline, though, has sort of been the health of Tua. Uh, of course, we saw him with a couple of really bad head knocks during the season last year. So he's sort of he's gotten out there and he's strengthened himself over the off-season, including jiu-jitsu lessons, no doubt, to uh, learn how to fall and not hit his head. The acquisition of uh, cornerback Jalen Ramsey was a massive boost. Uh, to what was definitely the weak spot of their team last season, which was the defense. Although Jalen Ramsey may, may now be out until December with a knee injury. That was a big blow to them last week. But even bigger, I think that the signing of Jalen Ramsey was the signing of an experienced defensive coach in Vic Fangio. Fun, Gio. Mm. Uh, Brad, do you think that Fangio can fix the issues this defensive unit had in 22 and help them get through a tough AFC East? Well, you know, next to Bill Belichick, I think Fangio is is 
probably argu- arguably the second best uh, defensive coordinator um, in the league. He's not the best head coach, as Denver can tell you, um, but he is an amazing uh, defensive coordinator. The, the, the guy has, a, you know, ex- more experience than anybody, I think, really, mm-hmm. um, for running defenses, and he's been good at it. He just hasn't done it, but he's also been really good at it. So, uh it, but you only can cook with the in in Bill Belichick's you know uh, parlance. If if you're gonna be able to cook, let me buy the ingredients. So you're only as good as the ingredients that you've got um, to a certain degree. So I I don't know if they have the horses there to to do it to turn that that defensive around. So I I worry about them. Um, I I worry about their offense too. To be honest with you, a little bit. I I know. Um, just in the sense that they've kind of built it to to be able to to throw it uh, and score from anywhere on the field. But you, ha- in order to have success for throughout the whole season and into the playoffs, you have to be able to run the ball. And yeah. they ran the ball less than any other team in the NFL except the Buccaneers. So uh, you know, and and McDaniel came in there. Mike McDaniel came in as kind of this run game savant. So it's funny uh, too, because three of their, three of their re-signings over the, the off season are all their running backs. So <laughs> most of Jeff Wilson and miles Gaskin and yeah. there has been these, this, the dolphins has been the other team that's been heavily linked to Dalvin cook. So it seems like they are really searching for a, a quality run game. But as you yeah. said, they ran the ball probably the least in the entire league last season. So it's, yeah. kind of, it's sort of at odds with itself in a way. And, 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 and of course, you know, we, we haven't talked about too much of the elephant in the room is, is to a tug of Iloa's uh, injury history. Um, you know, is, is he going to be able to stay healthy? I like Mike, Mike White as their QB too. I think that was a, that such a strong signing. And yeah. They needed it. They obviously said we need to have a quality backup, and signing yeah. White away from the Jets was a, a brilliant move. Because uh, Bridgewater is is not not going to cut it. So no. I really like Mike White. Um, and, he's a, and he's an absolute warrior. The guy is not going to go down. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I uh, do. I do. I think they. They can they can do it. Um, yeah, I, I think they can. And, and but whatever way it goes, they're going to be fun to watch. That's that's the, what I like. Is I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, and yep. they're going to be entertaining. Yeah. Man, any thoughts on the Dolphins at this point? I think they've got a very strong team. To be honest, I think a lot of people are sleeping on them at the moment. I think this is a team. At their best, they could be scoring 40 points on you and then defending you to below 20. Like, that's at their best. Like, if both the Mm. offense and defense are firing. Like, that's how good they can be. They can be blowing teams out real easy and real fast. I think with with Tua, that's a big one. With Tua Tonga Valoa and his health. And that's the big thing for me. Because that with Tua... They can absolutely win this division. I actually have them as division favorites if Tua is healthy. And I know that's a big call, but looking at the Bills, they're kind of declining, but the Dolphins, they're on the up. 
Jalen Ramsey just came in. He just got injured. I know that. But yeah. hopefully he's back by, I would say, we, hopefully he's back in the first month of the season, I think they're going to say. I think that, I that, trade, that trade of Hunter Long for Jalen Ramsey was a brilliant trade. Yeah. Yep. That was that was an absolute steal, I would say. Uh, I really hope for Dolphins fans, especially our boy Marky Mark, that don't that actually get, uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey on the field instead of Eli Apple. Like, I really hope they don't get Eli Apple on the field. <laughs> yeah, that, yes, that, we talk about good good acquisitions and good signings. There's been some pretty questionable ones the last week or two as well. So, uh, yeah, Eli Apple yeah. being one big one, one big sore thumb. <laughs> So. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the team. I just don't like Eli Apple. I just gotta say that. Like, how many teams has Eli Apple been on now? He's uh, he's been on the Giants, the Saints, then the Bengals, and then the now the Dolphins. Yeah, I think that's his four teams. I'm pretty it's, sure. It's just I can't remember. I can't. I don't think. I think there's more teams. I can't remember. But those are the four I do. So, yeah, with the Dolphins, look, they're a team that I think can really contend this year. They're, they're a team that I expect to be making another small leap as well. I think with where they're going, I think the Dolphins, they've, they've got a chance to win this division, especially if Tua stays healthy. And that's the main thing. Tua, if, you, if he stays healthy, I think they're going to be division champions. I, I agree. If Tua stays healthy, I think, and I want to and we'll focus on the, the over-under, which is at nine and a half, and their schedule at the moment. When I look at their schedule amongst the the other the AFC West and NFC East teams that they have to play, I think that their schedule is arguably the easiest out of these four AFC East teams. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they start with the Chargers, then they have Patriots. They've got the Broncos. Uh, middle of October, they've got to play the Panthers. Um, they do have a few hard weeks where they've got to play Eagles, Patriots, Chiefs before the bye, but then they come out with the Raiders. So we, we don't know what the Raiders are going to be like yet, but that is at home in Miami. So they're at home after the bye, which is always a big advantage. They're going to play the Titans. Um, you know, so I I feel like they've got a, a bit easier schedule. And when you say nine and a half wins to me, and I look at this uh, in, in terms of last season, let's say last season's results and what teams were, I would say win at the Chargers, win at the Broncos, uh, win against the Panthers, there's three. Win against the Raiders, there's four. Maybe a win against the Commanders, there's five. Win against the Titans, there's six. Three more. Are you going to find three, four more wins to get over that nine and a half total? Oh, yeah. I think they'd split with the Bills at least, you know, split with the Jets at least. You know, they, they get one win off those guys. At least split with the Patriots. So what's that? Nine wins now. Yeah, I would say. I think they could sleep the Patriots actually. So yeah, somewhere around there, I would say Some, nine wins. Someone but, in this division is winning this division with eleven. That's that's yeah. my feeling. Is is they're winning mm-hmm. with eleven or twelve wins, right? So it's not mm-hmm. going to be more than that. I feel like. And I, if mm-hmm. Tua stays healthy, their offense fires like it should. Fangio fixes the defensive problems that they had in twenty two, then. I feel like this is the team that could actually win the division with mm-hmm. 11 or 12. So for me, it'd be the over, over that nine and a half. I don't know how you boys feel. Yeah. I uh, mean, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Just, just going off as well. I think 
the end of the season, they can go an absolute run. And as Brad was saying, the rush game was a bit of a factor at the end of last season as well, especially playing in cold weather, like you're playing in Buffalo as bucketing snow here and there. Ooh. Hey, that's a mm. hard game to pass in. And so you got to have a good run game. But then when you look at the Dolphins' schedule, four of the last five are at home. So yeah. that, that whole month of I, December. I don't, know how, I don't know who planned that schedule, but that has worked out brilliantly for Miami. That is, yeah. that is amazing. Like, you're playing in the warm stadium. You you have that passing attack. It's not going to – like the run game isn't going to hurt you that much down the stretch in that cold weather and blitzes like Buffalo. Like they get that Buffalo game out of the way so early, like only in week four that they play Buffalo. So I think that actually works in the Dolphins' favor is that schedule where, you know, they got the last four out of five at home – I mean, the only road game in that is in Baltimore, where it doesn't snow that much. Doesn't so, snow. So, I mean, it doesn't in terms of our it, it, our numbers, in terms of real weather numbers, real temperature numbers. Like you're talking maybe six degrees in Baltimore. Mm. That's Jan, January December weather in the states. That's uh, that's t-shirt and shorts, isn't it, Brad? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if I'd go that. Well, Miami far, would be t-shirts and shorts, surely, right? Oh, that's. Yeah, I think they were. I think they went less down there, Manjo. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. so Manjo, oh, you going over under? I'm going over. I'm smashing that over too. I think that. I think. I know I had the Bills over too, but I think that you know I'd I'd smash the over. Brad, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm definitely taking the over. I'm with you guys. So uh, I I think that somebody's got to win the division. I think they've got the best chance uh, of any of them. So I'm definitely taking it over. And for those of you that are keeping score at home, the listeners, Eli Apple has played for six teams. The, oh, okay. the, the uh, sorry, sorry, five, five Giants, Saints, Panthers, Bengals, oh. and Dolphins. So, I missed the Panthers. I missed teams. the Panthers. <laughs> imagine, get, imagine getting all those jerseys in one. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it, it says something about the guy when he is only stays one to two years wherever he goes. Uh, that yeah. that's not a good sign. Um, no, and, but, yeah. and I don't know. I don't want. Yeah. I hate sounding bad about these guys that we obviously don't know, and you just watch model field. But I don't know how mm. he keeps getting signed after he leaves somewhere yeah. for oh. a year. He stays yeah. somewhere for a year. Obviously, yeah. does bad enough that they don't want to resign him. Sometimes they don't even use him for all seventeen games. And mm, then mm. he gets re-signed by somebody. He gets, or oh, sorry, signed to another one-year contract by someone else. Yeah, well, he must yeah. be only so, asking. He must be asking for like eight hundred k. That like it's the only possible solution. Yeah, <laughs> league, I mean, league look, Ian, yeah. yeah, look, Ian, you were saying about all those jerseys in one and everything. The only person getting Eli Apple's jerseys is his mom. Like, pretty much his mom who talks shit on Twitter all the time and then deletes her account after Eli Apple, like, has a shit game in the playoffs or something. Like, that's that's the only person in the world that would absolutely get that jersey in. Like, I don't think you could ever find that jersey on any marketplace in the world. That is 100% what we're going to go with. So, gonna... I just love roasting this guy. I no, just love I'm, I'm going to buy you an Eli Apple jersey this year. <laughs> To be honest, right. I, don't, I don't think you could find him, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to find his – there's no – there's weirdly enough, and this is a, in a world where everybody's contracts 
uh, out out in the open and it's all over the internet. There is no information on what Eli Apple's contract is. All I can find that was in 21, he signed for 1.2 with the, the Bengals. Yeah. So okay. you would have to yeah. think it's going to be at at that or less. There is yeah, a- well, they have a, a league veteran minimum, so whatever that is. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's like 400K. That- that's like 400K. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. 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 So- um yeah but look to wrap up the east yeah wrap up the east like one should we go one to four ian would you say like our top four sure in in order yeah um you can get you can start you you want me to start all right let's go i'll go dolphins at one buffalo at two the jets at three and then the patriots at four I, i just think that's around the right order for me that would be my order as well, to be honest. Uh, I would go Dolphins, then Buffalo, then New England, then the Jets. Yeah. You hate the Jets <laughs> as much as you hate the Commanders. <laughs> no, that's not possible. He said he loved the Jets. He just said he loved the Jets like two seconds ago, didn't he? He's like, I want them no, to win because they I haven't t- won many I took games. The, I took the under on the Jets. I took the under on the Jets. Yeah, yeah just, same, see, same. just in case any of our listeners didn't catch that, the G'day Gridiron pick for the AFC East Divisional winner is the Miami Dolphins. So there you go. That hey, could possibly sweet. come back to flame us. I don't know yet. Let's see. Um, yeah, it's unanimous too. So it's a very, very tricky area there. <laughs> it is. It is. It definitely is. Uh, well, that's the AFC East done. 